The Bible prophesies a peace agreement will be reached between the Israelis and Palestinians based on a two-state solution model that will trigger the final seven-year period before the second coming of Jesus Christ. We were, we're going to analyze the ongoing fulfillment of this prophecy while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And I want to tell everybody, man, I am feeling so much better. Uh, I had been under the weather over the New Year's holiday. and uh, But man, I'm feeling so much better. And I'm thank God for that because I got a big weekend coming up. Uh, tomorrow night be my first prophecy conference of the year. Be right here in Garland, Texas about 10, 15 minutes from End Time Studios, and it's at our home church. That is North Cities here in Garland, 502 Beltline Road. Tomorrow night from 6 to 8 p.m., I'll be teaching the Antichrist uh, Socialistic Kingdom. It'll be the first time I taught this lesson. I just We just got it finished today, and so... It's something you're going to want to hear, everybody in this area. I'll be doing it throughout the year at the different conferences, but um, definitely would, you'll want to hear what's going on here in the United States, around the world, the, the massive push for socialism and something even here in the United States. So it's something you're going to want to listen to. That's tomorrow night. It's a, definitely a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Tomorrow night, 6 to 8 p.m., uh, Sunday morning, I will be preaching teaching at the church. Uh, Sunday morning, it starts at, there's two services, 9 and 11. So um, come and join us for those. And then Sunday night, uh, normally our conferences are Saturday night, Sunday morning. Well, I'll be doing prophecy Saturday night, tomorrow night, and Sunday night from 6 to 8 p.m. at the same church, North Cities, 502 Beltline Road here in Garland. And we'll we'll be doing doing the um, breaking prophecy news and uh, got a lot going on. I'll be talking about the red heifer, a lot of different things. And it's something you definitely will want to be a part of here. If you're in the DFW Metroplex, come and join us in Garland for the Prophecy Conference this weekend. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. So, I talked to you about the... Uh, and I will be taking your calls today. It's going to be an open line session I haven't been on one of these. We've had the holidays and everything kind of mess with us, but uh, the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. Number to reach the operators, 1-800-363-8463. There's a lot going on in the news right now. Um, one of the big things probably, and you know, until I get some callers to come on, one of the big things is the prophesied creation of a Palestinian state in the West Bank. And 
We've talked about it many times. Let me just kind of recap for you about the prophesied creation of this Palestinian state. Because a lot of, I've heard prophecy teachers recently, periodically somebody will send me a video. What do you think about this? What do you think? Well, I listened to somebody on Facebook the other day. And the guy actually said there's no prophecies in the Bible about a future Palestinian state. And I said, whoa, 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 you know, stop the presses. What are you talking about here? The Bible's very clear that there's a two-state solution that's going to be created in the future. So the peace agreement, Daniel 9, 27, and he shall confirm a covenant with many for a seven-year period. Well, the peace agreement's going to provide for a Palestinian state in the West Bank. And historically and biblically, that's the area that's referred to as Judea. And the, the agreement is also going to allow the Jews in Judea to remain as a Jewish minority in that new Palestinian state. And we know that from the prophecy of Jesus in Matthew 24, 15 through 18, and then it kind of culminates in 21, why they have to flee. Jesus said, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. He's referring to Daniel 9.27. Spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Jesus wanted us to be able to understand this prophecy. He said, Then let them which be in Judea, the modern day West Bank, let them flee into the mountains. He said, let, let him which is on the housetop, don't even come down to, to get your clothes. Just take off running. He said, neither let him which is in the field go back to get your clothes. For then shall be, this is verse 21, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no nor ever shall be. It's going to be the worst time of persecution the world has ever known. Much of it is going to be right there in the West Bank area. Now, we know it's going to go around the world, but a lot of it is going to really start right there in the West Bank Judean area. And Revelation 12 says that the dragon will come down. Uh, he's going to be, uh, Satan will be bound to the earth and he persecutes the woman, which is Israel, and those with has the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. But the Bible says that Israel's carried away on the wings of an eagle where she's uh, nourished in her place for time, times, and half a times. We're going to protect her. But Jesus specifically said it's going to be that area, the Judean area. He didn't say Israel would have to flee. He said, let them which be in Judea flee. So there's going to be a two-state solution. I mean, in this passage, Jesus paints a picture of the Jews living under a hostile government in Judea. And when the abomination of desolation occurs, halfway through the final seven-year period, the Jews living in Judea are going to have to flee for their lives. And this event will launch us into the final three and one-half years, which is the Great Tribulation. So it's really an amazing scenario that, is, that Jesus painted 2,000 years ago, and it's exactly what is presently being discussed in the ongoing, um, in, the, in the international community and everything. They see the two-state solution as the only solution 
to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And the Palestinians contend that, hey, the only, folk, the only hope for peace between them is a two-state solution. Now, some in Israel don't necessarily see that, but the Palestinians do, the international community. Some in the Israeli government do, and that's one of the things, if we get to it, I'd like to talk about. But the Palestinians claim that their state would need to be in Judea, the West Bank, and that's what's going on here. Well, in the Jewish News Syndicate, it says, while Bennett is watching, Prime Minister Bennett, that Gantz and Lapid are bringing Israel back towards that two-state paradigm. It's in the Jewish News Syndicate today. And so it's, it's the ongoing fulfillment of this end-time Bible prophecy. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Now, I want to say before I go to um, the caller here, everybody's showing up to the conference tomorrow night. This is my first conference of this year. And so you guys will be my guinea pigs. Um, It's the first time I've taught this lesson. Normally the first conference, you remember Irvin Baxter would come along and he, you know, the conference might take him until, I I say 6 to 8, he might go to 8.30 because it's the first one. We're teaching a new lesson and he'll come in there, he would come in there and say, okay, you know, we might go a little long here because I'm going to revise this lesson a little bit, see what I have to do for all the lessons the rest of the year. Uh, well, that's kind of where we're at tomorrow night. You guys are going to get the whole enchilada, so get ready. I've got like 78 slides and videos and things to go through. So, looking forward to a great conference tomorrow night. I hope you'll join me, North Cities, 502 Beltline Road in Garland. 
Let's go to Dwayne right here in Texas. God bless Dwayne. Welcome to End of the Age. God bless you, Brother Robin. Thank you. I had a question, had a question about Judea and Samaria. How does that relate to the country of Judah? Right. Well, Judah was located in the area where Judea is. That's how. That's where you get Judea from. Judah. Okay, I, I thought yeah. so because. Okay, that was actually my question. Cause yeah. I was like. Yeah, absolutely. You understand Samaria was in the north, Judea was in the south, and um, that's where it comes from. It comes from that, that region right in there, uh, the Judea, Samaria, um, and that was, that was scripturally way back thousands of years ago. It's referred to as the West Bank today because it's the West Bank of the Jordan Valley, but really it's Judea, Samaria um, today as well in my mind, so... But the international okay. community calls it the West Bank, yeah. All right. Thanks, yep. Brother Robin. All right. God Have bless you, time. my friend. God bless you. Again, everybody, I'll be taking your calls, one 363 8463 I know it's been a while since we did an open line uh, because of New Year's and Christmas. I've got some lines open right now, so if you'd like to join me, 877-363-8463. Now, listen at this. Prophecies say there will be a two-state solution created. Jesus prophesied about it in Matthew 24. The Jewish News Syndicate says, while now this is Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. While the, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett is watching, Foreign Minister Benny Gantz and the kind of the um, the coalition partner of Prime Minister Bennett, Yair Lapid. They're bringing Israel back towards a two-state paradigm. So this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy that we're watching the ongoing fulfillment of as we go along here. And it states this, and I just pulled a few excerpts from the article. I'll get to the calls as they come in. But it says, while Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett can effectively hold off normal negotiations, his left-wing colleagues... You understand he's got people from left, right, and everybody in a in the government. Even an Arab faction in the Israeli government. Think about that. We have an Arab faction in our United States government, don't we? But he says, it, the article says, while Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett can effectively hold off the negotiations, his left-wing colleagues are laying the groundwork for a return to the two-state a solution of previous left-wing governments. So, the if you understand what happened with the government in Israel, Bennett and Yair Lapid formed a government. And that they both um, have a coalition. And it's a sharing arrangement. And Bennett, Naftali Bennett, is the current prime minister in August of 2023, Yair Lapid takes over as the Prime Minister of Israel. It's a two-year stint. So, Naftali Bennett has said, no, no two-state solution under my um, premiership. Yair Lapid is pro-two-state solution. And so, that's what's going on here, is, there, is we're watching with bated breath as... This article actually states 
that Yair Lapid and Gantz, the foreign minister of Israel, the current foreign minister, they're bringing Israel back to this two-state paradigm. It says Israel may have a right-wing prime minister, Bennett, now, but he's not positioning Israel's diplomatic priorities. The portfolio rests with foreign minister and alternate prime minister, Yair Lapid, who's scheduled to take over the premiership, like I said, in August 2023. Bennett is busy micromanaging Israel's COVID response, which includes constantly changing regulations and border closures. But with Bennett handling these domestic issues, Lapid and other key coalition, which Lapid will be in his position next year, these other key coalition partners are laying the groundwork for Israel to return to the two-state paradigm that had been effectively frozen under the previous government, the Trump government, obviously, our government. And in doing so, they're giving ammunition to parties and institutions that delegitimize Israel land in the disputed territories of Judea and Samaria. So it goes on down here. And if I have a chance, I'll get to, to, to um, a bunch of this today. If I don't, you can read the article in the Jewish News Syndicate with Bennett watching Gantz and Lapid are bringing Israel back to a two-state paradigm. It's the ongoing fulfillment of Bible prophecy, folks. Jesus prophesied about it back in Matthew 24. Now, I'll get to some of this in just a moment. Um, I got a caller, Mary Ann in Utah. God bless my friend. Welcome to End of the Age. Uh, hello, Dave. How are you? Well, you know what? I'm doing a little better now. Good, good. I wanted to thank you with all of my heart for sending me a letter saying that you were praying for me and your team at 8 o'clock in one morning. Yes. It was absolutely appropriate because of my family issues uh, that's going on at this time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how you and, and everyone knew to send me that letter, but I wanted to tell you thank you so much. It has really helped with everything. And so um, I just love you guys for it. I, I didn't even expect that letter, but I do have some pretty sad news in, in my family. Mm -hmm. Things really haven't gone great right now, but there she's still alive, my sister. But anyway, I want to thank you for that letter. Absolutely. Well, you're very welcome, Marianne. And the thing is, is that here at End Time Ministries, for years, I mean, for really uh, what's it been probably, I think my father-in-law started this close to 20 years ago. Every single morning from 8 to 9, we start our day with prayer and devotions here at End Time. And every morning, we pick, we go through the list of our partners, we'll pick 20 of them every single morning, and we pray for them and different needs that come into the ministry. We don't just make paper airplanes out of them. That's not what we do. We take it deadly seriously. Pray for them every morning. And you would not believe, Marianne, the letters, cards, phone calls over the years of people that said, oh, because my wife, my mother-in-law, Judy Baxter, she sends out cards and different things and says, hey, we prayed for you today, wanted to make sure, you know, is everything okay? Uh, you, you know, you doing all right? And we would have, I've had so many letters come in that said, oh my goodness, I, my husband was needing a job. I got the letter the day after he got the job. 
Uh, I mean, just one thing right after another. We had a sick loved one in the hospital. I mean, it's happened over and over and over throughout the years, Marianne. So I just want to tell you thank you for the call um, and to everybody else out there that it is, a, um, it is something we take very, very seriously here. And we just, when we tell people we pray for them, that's very serious. It's not something that we just do because we want to make people feel good or let people know, hey, you know, uh, it's just, a, a, you know, some kind of a, um, something to tell people to, to get them to hang on to listening to us. No way. I take it deadly serious because I've had God answer prayers for me over the years. And I want to make sure that you guys understand that these letters are very sincere that you get from the ministry saying, hey, we prayed for you today. Is everything okay? How you doing? So Mary Ann, I, I do thank you for the call, acknowledging that, letting everybody know that we do that. And we've received hundreds of replies back over the years of people, a husband got a job, um, you know, somebody got healed, somebody, um, what, you know, this situation was worked out in their life, a marriage was rejoined back together. So many people have contacted us over the years and said, hey, you guys prayed for this and this happened. So uh, thank you very much for the call and you're very, very, very welcome for that. Well, I could never have imagined that you got, knew what was going on in my life at this time. And mm-hmm. it is it's terrifically hard. But I thank you. I just could not believe my eyes. Actually, I'm putting my letter in a, in a frame. <laughs> and I'm keeping it. I'm yeah. keeping it. So I love your ministry. I love you all very, very much. And thank you once again, because as crushing as it is, I was, I'm I'm doing a little better now. Good. And we'll see how my sister does. Good. Well, I want to say God bless you, my friend, and um, stay in touch. Keep in touch with us here at the ministry. Let us know what's going on. Oh, because really... This is a big family. Well, I, we've got, I mean, I've got family in New Zealand and in China and, I mean, all over the place because Slovakia, I mean, it's like we get contacts from all over the world and people saying, oh, my gosh, you prayed and this happened. I mean, it's not just here in the United States. And so, um, you know, yeah, thank you very much. And uh, God bless you, my friend. Keep God in touch. God bless you Yes, your whole ministry. Thank you, thank man. Thank you very much. God bless you. Okay, let's go to Erica in Virginia. God bless. Welcome, Erica, to Into the Age. Hey, um, how are y'all doing today? I am doing wonderful. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. It was a reason, so that was a good start. Amen. <laughs> what you got? Uh, so, so uh, two questions. One is concerning the one world religion. Uh-huh. Uh I was. I have a friend that I was uh, speaking with this to him about this, and um, I was trying to explain why I know there's going to be a one-world religion, because, you know, the Bible doesn't exactly use that term, but we know that's going to happen. Uh-huh. And um, I was also talking to him about the article about the um, the house that's going to be coming with the, the mosque and um, the, Christ- the synagogue and all that. Yeah. So, it's the um, Abrahamic family house. Yeah. I yeah. can't think of I can yeah I can't think of the name of it. But anyway, um, can you guys go over these exact scriptures that let us know that there is going to be a one world religion in the end times? I um, you know there's a there's a couple of them, but if you wouldn't mind going over those, so I can explain this better to him, and also, um, well, I'll let you answer that one first, and then I can ask my second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. 
specifically the there are many. And so, I mean, like, like for me to teach you, I'd love to sit down and teach you and him a Bible study. But just for today, I'll give you a set of scriptures that you could give him. But you really need to understand the concept of the end time Holy Roman Empire that started back in um, Daniel chapter 2. So that's why it's a, it would be like a Bible study for me to teach you the whole thing. But just for something for him to read and then maybe you guys could call me or something off air and we'll go over it. At any rate, the concept of the Holy Roman Empire that is prophesied about in Daniel chapter 2, the feet of iron mingled with clay, it's the final empire that will rule the world just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. That was always, has always been ran by a, the most powerful political leader from Europe, which was, which will be the, um, was the, um, was Charlemagne in the beginning. It's going to be the Antichrist in the end time. The, and I'm getting to your scriptures. I'm just kind of setting the stage for it. The religious leader was always the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church, all the way throughout from 800 AD to 1806. The Holy Roman Empire has been reborn in November of 2009 when they signed the Lisbon Treaty, the, the United States of Europe, if you will, the European project. That's going to rule the world at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The two leaders will be the most powerful political leader from Europe and the most powerful religious leader from Rome, the Pope. And it's going to be a global governing empire. The way we can prove that is, you go to Revelation chapter 13. That's your chapter, Erica, Revelation 13. Revelation 13, 1 and 2 describes the one world governing body. Uh, uh, um, John said, I saw a beast come up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns. It had, um, the the beast had ten horns, but it had um, the body of the leopard, Germany, mouth of the lion, Great Britain, the ten horns of the ten-horned beast, which is the European Union, and the feet of the bear, uh, Russia. So Revelation 13, 1 through 8 goes through the world government and the leader, the Antichrist. Here's your scriptures. Revelation 13, 11 through 15. It's very important. Here's what it says. Remember the Holy Roman Empire that I talked to you about. The two leaders, the Antichrist and the false prophet, The Antichrist will be over the world government, false prophet over the world religion. In Revelation 13, 11, after going through the world government and the Antichrist, in 11 it says, John said, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb and he spake like the dragon. That's the false prophet. He'll look like a Christian individual, but he'll be having a very deceptive message. The dragon is Satan. Erica, can you hold over the break? Yes. Okay, good. So, um, everybody, again, join me in the conference uh, tomorrow night and Sunday night, 6 to 8 p.m. at 502 Beltline Road in Garland, North Cities. All the information is on our website, endtime.com. Looking forward to seeing everybody there. Looking forward to a great conference this weekend. And we'll get to Erica when we get back. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. 
It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, Erica, sorry to cut you in half there. Are you still with me? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, very good. So the, in the, the world government, talks about in Revelation 13, 1 through 8, the Bible says in Revelation 13, 2, and all the world, or hold on a minute, maybe it's 3, sorry about that. Got my mind set on this Revelation. Um, yeah, Revelation 13, 3, and all the world wondered after the beast. It's a world governing body. So listen at what the second beast does, this world religious system. The Bible says, Revelation 13, 11, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, spake like a dragon, and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, the world government. He's, working, he's in alliance with him, and he causeth the earth and them. His goal is going to be to cause the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed, And he doeth great wonders, so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship him that they should be killed. So... This is a, an image of the Holy Roman Empire, the world government and the world religion working in alliance to get everybody to worship the world governing body. The, the world government is only using the world religious system to get the religions of the world on board to pledge allegiance to the world government. That's what it's all about. So this is the main scriptures. Now, it's Revelation 13, 11 through 15, and then the... Revelation chapter 17 and 18 is a parenthetical chapters and explanatory chapters that help you to understand the judgment of Mystery Babylon, the, the mother of harlots and all her daughters, and the, the, um, the destruction of the world religious system in the end time. Again, it's a big topic. It's a, it's, it's a, um, it's a Bible study to go over. Now, for me to answer all that on here, I'd never get to another call today, Erica. So what I'm going to do, just for this first part of your question, I'll give you my email. 
and email me and I'll send you an article that I wrote explaining the whole thing in great detail because I won't have time to do that on the program. Does that sound fair? Yes, that would be perfect. That way you could just share the article with your friend. So my email, D as in David, D Robbins, D-R-O-B-B-I-N-S at endtime, no S, endtime.com, D Robbins at endtime.com. And I will shoot you the copy of that World Religion article. And it goes into great detail. In other words, some of these things, it would take me, you know, maybe an hour or at least a good half hour, 45 minutes to go through it all. Don't have time to do that. Revelation 13, 11 through 15 and Revelation 17 and 18 are the verses, but um, there's still some concepts you have to understand outside of that. The article goes through all that. Right. Well, I appreciate that because you'll probably explain it better than I could anyway. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, just share the article with him and you've got it. What I wanted to give you the article for is because the article shows you how all of it's coming to pass right now. And it has been for years. And so it's a good thing to show this individual. If you just throw these scriptures at him, he's going to go, what? But if you if you get the article and show how it's all coming to pass right now, it really ties it all together, okay? Okay. Very good. Uh, second question. Yeah. Um, it has to do with the Mark of the Beast. Uh-huh. So with the Mark of the Beast, um, you'll see like uh, videos on YouTube and things that emphasize the scripture where it says, you know, they'll have the, the mark in their right hand or in their forehead. Yep. And then it says, and... They will worship the image of the beast. And there's been a lot of emphasis on the and, of making it sound like, oh, you can get the mark, but then you have to worship the beast too with the mark, like it's two separate things. Um, so my question is, in the scripture, you know, we, it talks about how the Antichrist will be revealed when he sends all the temple claiming to be God. Mm-hmm. But prior to that... <clears throat> He may be on the scene. So my question is, it, will it be possible that he'll be kind of working behind the scenes and his mark will be um, implemented beforehand and, um, like, he could be in a seat of power and we just don't know that he is the Antichrist at the time, but he could be, you know, heading the system and, like, uh, well, not heading it, but working towards this people getting this mark. And then when he comes and sets on the throne, then that's when the worship part will take place. Yeah, so you have to understand what the prophecy is saying here in Revelation 13, 16 through 18. It says that he's going to give everybody their own um, unique number, their mark in the right hand or in the forehead. Without that, they won't be able to buy or sell. The reason they're doing that is to get you to worship or to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and the one world governing system. You can't do that until the beast comes on the scene. And so when the beast is revealed halfway through the final seven-year period at the abomination of desolation, that's when the mark of the beast will be doled out. Prior to that, like right now, in Sweden, they're they're giving out passports, uh, COVID passports, vaccine passports in their hands with with um, with those passports on them in people's hands. That's not the mark of the beast. Would I do that? No. Because it is a precursor. There's, there's no way I'd do something like that. So the, the two things that you need to understand, and this is the things I teach. When I write an article or teach on the mark of the beast, you have to understand the principle around the whole thing. What are they trying to get you to do here in, in this, these verses of Scripture? 
two things I would never do, Erica. I would never put a mark of identification on my person anywhere. I don't care if they want to put it on my elbow. I wouldn't do it anywhere. A chip, uh, an invisible tattoo, anything like that. Number two, I would never pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his one world governing system. Prior to the beast coming on the scene, it's going to be impossible for them to dole it out because who are they going to try to get you to worship? The beast isn't here yet. He's not been revealed. And so, but a year prior to that, if they come out with a, a chip in your hand and say, we want you to worship the one, you know, pledge allegiance to the one world governing system, put this chip in your hand. If you don't do the two things I just told you, you don't have to worry about it. So you never, ever put a mark of identification on your person. And number two, you never pledge allegiance to the Antichrist or the world governing system. If you never do those two things, you can guarantee you'll never take the mark of the beast. Love it. Great yeah. answer. <laughs> Very good. All right. I appreciate you taking my call, and you have a wonderful day. Don't forget that email. I will not. And I'll shoot you the article. All right. Sounds good. Very Thank good. You. God bless you, my friend, and I'll talk at you later. Um, let's go to Don in Colorado. God bless Don. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, hello, guys. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Okay, I'm great. Okay, so I have a question on uh, Judea when uh, Satan pertains to be God. Are people in Judea actually aware of this event because it tells them to flee and when they... Yeah, so that's a great question, Don, because it's a New Testament prophecy, right? And the Jews don't follow the New Testament. So how are they going to know that they're supposed to flee when the abomination of desolation occurs? Jesus said, when you see that abomination of desolation occur, when you see the Antichrist stand on that temple proclaiming to be God, when you see that event occur, let them which be in Judea flee. How are they going to know to flee? Well, this is very important because end time is going to play a big role in that um, in the future. My father-in-law, it's called the Israel Project. My father-in-law, God gave him a vision of what end-time ministries was supposed to do in the end time to help the Jews. This is one of the reasons why it's very important to understand a, the pre- or post-trib rapture. When this happens, everybody that believes in a pre-tribulation rapture believes we're going to be gone when this happens. So why, why worry about warning them people, right? I actually heard a guy teach the other day that said, well, they're going to build a third temple. And this guy was in Israel. He said, they're going to build a third temple in the near future, but the church is going to be gone prior to that. Well, I'd love to have a conversation with him someday. Uh, but the thing is, is that who's going to warn them? The Israel project that my father-in-law, God gave my father-in-law the project to do, at the beginning of the seven years, the event you're talking about happens three and a half years into that final seven years. The beginning of the final seven years, a peace agreement is signed. Once the peace agreement is signed that has all the characteristics to that final, the Daniel 927 characteristic uh, peace agreement, once that's signed and we know that that's the one, End Time Ministries is going to mail a magazine to every home in Israel. And it's going to explain... What just happened, the peace agreement, where it's found in the Bible, and what 
needs to happen. The Jews are going to have to flee out in the Judea. Every home in Israel, we've already got the plans all laid out, the printers, the whole, everything's set up, ready to go. Three and a half years, three years into that, three and a half years is when the, the, the abomination of desolation is going to occur. Three years into that, we are going to go door knock every home in the West Bank. You say, whoa, 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 man, that's a huge project. Yeah, sure it is. But with God, all things are possible, right? God let me know that he's right with us just about a few months ago when I was at a general conference in Indianapolis, Indiana, because when my father-in-law passed, I thought, man, how in the world are we going to do that door knocking campaign? Even though the largest touring company in Israel has already said, hey, you guys can use my buses when you get ready to do that. He's, he already knows what we're saying is true. He believes it. I thought, man, my father-in-law passed. How are we going to pull off that, that door knocking campaign? It's going to be huge. We've got to do it. And, but how are we going to pull that off? We've got thousands of people signed up to go. How are we going to pull that off? I need, I'm going to need some people there to help me. When I went to this conference in Indianapolis, or the general conference for the church that I'm a minister of, the, the organization, I'm sitting there at, the, at our booth, our end time booth. A lady come up, comes up to me. There are missionaries from all over the world that come to this. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, a meeting for our the headquarters. I'm sitting there at our end time booth. This lady walks up and she says, Hi, you Dave Robbins? Yes, I am. She said, we, me and my husband have followed you and your father-in-law for years, and we know about your door-knocking campaign in Israel that's going to happen during the last final seven years. She said, we just got approved to be missionaries to the Palestine, the Palestinian region, and we will be there to help you facilitate. We'll be boots on the ground. We, be, we, we will be there to help you facilitate the door-knocking campaign in Judea. Now... When I heard her say that, I thought, you have got, I thought, I knew God was letting me know, Dave, I know exactly where you're at. I know the project I gave your father-in-law. You've got the vision for it. These people are going to be there, boots on the ground. I'm putting all the pieces in place. You just have to follow me. God, I'm following God. God's the one doing all this. So at the end of the day, it's very important that we understand, um, What's going on? Who's going to warn them? I believe end time ministries. You understand that we, to my knowledge, are the only ones, because we believe in a post-tribulation rapture, we're going to be here, we're the only ones that are talking about this, going and warning those people. We've talked to um, our, the Jewish agency with Devorah and Annie and all these people about it, our touring company. Are the missionaries? We've talked to a lot of people about it. We've talked to business owners over in Judea already about it, and they, these people are like, "Yeah, there is another Jewish Holocaust coming, and you guys are going to help us with that." Yes, we are. End Time Ministries is going to play a huge role in the end time. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Wow. Welcome back, everybody. I, yeah, I got a little passionate about that, didn't I? About the, um, us helping the Jews in Judea to flee. The Bible says that they will have to flee, and it's a New Testament prophecy. Who's going to warn them? We believe God has given us this message. We believe we're going to be here. We've got many, many contacts all over Israel. We've got the Jerusalem Prophecy College, downtown Jerusalem. We've got Jews that are coming there to the college already. I'm teaching them every Thursday. Every Thursday morning, I teach them from right here in our studio. We've got classes going on there. The snowball's rolling down the hill. Why? Because we're in the end time, everybody. And we are going to play a huge role. A lot of people have bought into this vision. A lot of people want to help Israel. They believe we're going to be here all the way to the end which we are, and that's why it's important that we understand all the different prophecies. Why do we teach a, a post-tribulation rapture? Because that's what the Bible teaches, but also because it's the truth. We know we're going to be here, and then we're going to help Israel. A lot of things are going to happen, and it's going to be awesome. And so, wow, man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Uh, let's go to Sam right here in Texas. God bless Sam. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, I don't know where it says that the Antichrist is going to confirm a covenant. Yes, sir. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to come up with the covenant. He's just going to vote on the covenant. Yeah, so he's going to confirm the covenant. So what's going to happen, um, you understand the the two-state solution, the the, the Middle East peace agreement, the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement that they've been talking about for years. There will come a time... And the international community, they believe this is the only solution. There will come a time when they get an agreement that the Israelis and the Palestinians are going to be willing to sign. It's not going to discuss Jerusalem because Jerusalem is never going to be, that that solution is never going to be finalized. There's never going to be a solution for that. They're going to push that off. They're going to say, look, we can't, that's that's going to be done in the future Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. We've got all the rest of this stuff agreed to. Let's go ahead and get a deal signed. The Bible says the Antichrist will confirm that covenant with many. What does that mean? When they get ready to sign that covenant, the international community, the United States, Russia, um, the Europe, Israel, the Palestinians, everybody, the, the Arabs, they're all going to have to... Um, to sign on to it, to buy into it. The Bible says the Antichrist will confirm that covenant with many. Will we know who he is at that point? No. He's going to be one of hundreds of politicians that will be involved in getting that signed. But he will be one of them. He's going to be involved in that. We will not know who he is until three and a half years later at the abomination of desolation. 
Um, but we do know it will be the Antichrist. Mm. It's, and, you right. know, I've, I've, I've heard people say, well, it's going to be the false prophet, the pope, and different. No, no. It's going to be a leader, a, pol- a politician from Europe, the leader of the Holy Roman Empire. You've got to understand that concept. The leader for, of the Holy Roman Empire has always been the most powerful political leader from Europe. And then it's been ran in alliance with the most powerful religious leader from Rome, which has always been the false prophet. So some people have said, well, who confirms the covenant? That, that's a lot of question on people's mind. That's the, that's the Antichrist, not the false prophet. Because in yeah. da- I know I see, and the reason I'm answering this, Sam, is because I see that's your question on the screen. Who confirms the covenant? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that you've got to understand, it's going to be a politician from Europe, and in Daniel 9.27, when it says he confirms the covenant, what does he do? What's the characteristics? How are we going to know who this is? How do we know it's the Antichrist? Well, there are several ways. The Bible says that he does many things. He causes the sacrifices to cease. He confirms the covenant. And he places the abomination of desolation. Well, if you go to Daniel chapter 11, the Bible in Daniel 11.22 because in Daniel 11, from Daniel 11, verses 20 on, it's talking about the Antichrist. In 22, it says, And arms of the flood shall they be overthrown from before him, and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. So it calls the Antichrist the prince of the covenant, number one clue. Go down to verse 31, and it says, And arms shall stand on his part, they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall, the, the Antichrist, who it's talking about, shall take away the daily sacrifice, there's a second clue, and shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. There's the three clues right there in Daniel 11. It's the Antichrist that confirms the covenant with many, not the false prophet or anybody else. So, Yeah, because, you know, what I was saying that is if a, a politician came up, okay, here's the peace plan, that this is the peace plan, yeah. and then people are going to say, well, he's the Antichrist. Well, no, he's not the one that comes up with the peace plan because he's just going to confirm it with many. I mean, because or else we could tell who the Antichrist is by who comes up with the peace plan, but that's yeah. not right. It's just, no, it, I it mean, no. Later. No, I mean, and, the, and so the international community could come up with one. He just yeah. helps to confirm it, yeah. And, and do you think the vote, if it's a voting thing, do you think it's going to be in New York or in Brussels? I mean, is it going to be the U.N. or is it going to be the E.U.? You say if it's a voting thing? Yeah, because confirming, you're going to, like, with many, I'm thinking that they're going to vote on it. I don't know if it'll be a put to a vote. I think it's going to be just a, um, like, a bunch of negotiations that finally come to a deal. Similar to what they're doing with the, in Vienna, with the JCPOA, the, the Iran nuclear deal. They're they're having Mm -hmm. negotiations. They're trying to work out a deal. Okay, let me give you another um, scenario, Sam. What President Trump did last year. Remember what Jared Kushner, President Trump, they came up with a peace deal. They laid it out before them. They said, hey, you know, it's it's negotiable. Let's go back and forth. It's going to be something like that. They'll roll out a peace plan. They'll say with land swaps and all kinds of different things. So there's going to be hundreds of politicians involved. It'll finally culminate in something that says, okay, we can live with this. The Israelis, the Palestinians can live with it. The international community is going to accept it. He's going to, along with other politicians, he's going to, they're going to recognize it. They're going to confirm it and say, okay, they'll all get it signed. 
They'll ink the deal. When they do, if that deal has the characteristics of the, the biblical characteristics to that peace agreement, then we'll know that's the one. The Antichrist will be involved in those negotiations, getting the thing across the finish line and getting a deal signed. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, say if this one, the Trump Kushner, uh, had gone, then people would be saying it's Kushner or it's Trump, the Antichrist, but that's not it. It's, no. He's going to still be behind the scenes, you know, be, he's not going to be the one that comes up with the peace treaty is what I'm saying. It does not appear that that will be the case. That's correct. He, he'll be involved okay. in getting the thing confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no, thanks. Yep. All right, my friend, God bless. Let's go to um, Carrie in Mississippi. God bless Carrie. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. My question um, is on end time revival. So when I look at Acts 2 Uh and when every, all the Jews came for the feast. Yes. It says that they were Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation. So they came from every nation. And Peter goes on to tell them that this is that. So, to me, that's when the end time started. So we have been in the latter reign since the day of Pentecost. That's correct. So I don't. So we're in the the end of the end. So the case, what is there scripturally that says there's going to be this last big push? Yeah. Because we have. The scriptures talk about there's a great falling away, mm-hmm. there's um, kind of a spiritual drought, there's um, like the days of Noah. Yes. So how can we have both existing? Yeah. That's my first question. If you don't mind, just one other quick one. I have um, Jewish heritage, and my parents are Jewish. Um, my mother thinks, well, they're Messianic Jews. My parents think that I could be part of the remnant. Does it have to be Jerusalem? Jews that are part of that remnant. Okay, so let, let me get to the first one first. Okay. The, you must understand that the falling away, that's already occurred. That occurred back in the dark ages. It's a defection from the truth, an apostasy, a defection from the truth. That happened after the apostles went off the scene. We went off into the dark ages. The, there may be a few people leave the church and things like that in the future, but... The Bible prophesies a great end-time revival, not a great falling away just prior to the second coming. Uh, The great apostasy happened from the defection from the truth in just after the apostles went off the scene, went off into the dark ages. So, number two, the great end-time revival. What scriptures can we use? Well, there are many. I understand the book of Acts and the end-time started there, and this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Got all that, and I totally agree with you. But the great end time revival, listen at this. The the chapter that you want to go through is Revelation chapter 7. When it's talking right here about um, the 144,000, the remnant that will be saved. I, I don't know. I believe that it's talking about people right there in, um, in the, the specific. There will be a remnant of Jews. Does that have to necessarily be right there in Israel? Don't know the answer to that. But I think it's a, it's a moot point, Carrie, because the Bible says, listen at this, this is very key. When you get 
past the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 7. Now you understand, this is right here at almost just a few years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to prove that. Your scriptures are Revelation chapter 7, starting with verse 9. It talks about the 144,000, a remnant of Jews. And then it says, in, in uh, Revelation 7, 9, John said, After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude that no man could number. He's seeing a vision of heaven. A great multitude no man could number. Out of all nations, all kindreds, all peoples, and all tongues. Yes, there will be a remnant of Jews saved, but also there's going to be a remnant, there's going to be a people saved out of all kindreds, peoples, tongues, and nations. And they stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sits upon the throne and under the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne um, and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, cried with a loud voice, uh, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and under the Lamb. And all the angels round about the throne and the elders and the four beasts, they fell before their faces and worshiped God. And then it goes down to 13 and it says this, One of the angels said unto John, What are these that are arrayed in white robes and where'd they come from? John said unto him and said, Look, I I don't know. You know. And this is very key, uh, Carrie. This is verse 14 in chapter 7. One of the elders, the elders... uh, looked at John and said, these are they that came out of great tribulation, which is the final three and one half years prior to the second coming, and they've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So it's the great end time revival. Now there's more. I'm not going to have time to get into it, but I've got like 30 seconds left. But the Revelation chapter 7 is the end time chapter. All of Israel is going to be saved. Romans 11, 25 and 26. There's going to be a remnant of Jews here. It's what it's talking about. And then in verse 9, it says, John saw a remnant, or saw a multitude that no man could number out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. And they came out of great tribulation, the final three and one half years to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's the greatest time of revival the world's ever known. And it is just ahead of us now. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.